1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Before Floor, an hour before every game. Post up five hours as soon as the game ends. Of course, Dono Daily every single day at 3. I'm on Tuesday and Wednesday for starting 9 at 9 a.m. FiveReasonsSports.com. We do not have a paywall. Make sure you spell that one out. You got to go there. Brady's doing all this work. It's up as soon as the game ends. In fact, it's up like three weeks before the game ends. He's telling you what the takeaways are going to be. So go to fivereasonssports.com and check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Um, this is where you got to go if you're looking for it. It's CPT of South Florida. CPT of South Florida is where you go they'll take care of all of your it needs you can find them at cpt-florida.com reach out to tj he's the guy and he's been handling this in south florida for quite a long time you can certainly trust him Um, and cpt of south florida that's also the place they've got a free phones deal so make sure you ask about that and mention five reasons go to cpt-florida.com again that's cpt-florida.com for all of your it needs and now tonight's episode down the
2: best game. Yay. Uh five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Buck to say, you in trouble, y'all. Cat the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block.
0: Stop one hand. And pack with trust, it's power have the guts. We here to bring the
2: heat. Y'all can hang it up.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And you hear her voice at the beginning of every episode. I don't know if people actually know that. Should I give away? Should I give that away? I'm not really sure. Too late now. Yeah, I'm bad with secrets, um, but that's <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my problems. Uh, but you can find her at her Twitter handle at Alana.
0: Tower, you're not going to try again. That was a one and done deal.
1: That was excellent. I've OK, and her appearance ta-hauer, here is sponsored by Mark ta-hauer. Brown. Go to Mar- go to Mark If you need an estate plan, Mark can help you out with that. Again, go to Mark Brown. PA.com based right here in North Lauderdale. Also got a title company right there in-house. Alana's uh, episodes of Feel the Heat are also sponsored by Mark. So make sure again you check out Mark BrownPA.com for your again title needs, your real estate needs, uh, as well as your estate planning needs. All right, let's get to it. People are kind of happy today, I feel like. And and on Heat Twitter, that's a rare thing. Um, usually everybody's looking for something to be frustrated about. But I feel like the win against Toronto answered some questions for a lot of folks. Bam came back; uh, it didn't kill the mix. The young players, with the exception of Yurt, still got to play. Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent. Um, you know, now people are asking for nicknames for them defensively and what they're doing. I, I kind of like the whole lockdown thing. I kind of like double bolt bolts, but you know, I, I we probably could come up with a better one than that. Uh, Jimmy Butler. You know, after a really poor performance, I thought in the previous game, had a triple double Tyler Hero. uh, You know, again, we saw what he can do against length, which is is something that he has struggled with at times. And so with the exception, again, of, you know, the Duncan Robinson thing, but even Duncan, you know, played under 20 minutes, had eight points, made 40 percent of his threes two out of five. Uh, So there's not the kind of anger on heat Twitter today. And we felt like this was a good time to have a happy topic. Right. Because we don't do that many of those. And it it struck me when I saw your tweet yesterday, Greg, when you were talking about uh, maybe this is the deepest team in heat history. And when we start to go back now, you're talking about since 1988. You probably can throw out some of those early years. But I mean, this is a team that's won three championships, been to six finals and was in a finals just two years ago, actually, in 2020. And I, I tweeted this out today. It's interesting. They're the only bubble frauds. But actually, since 2020, Only the Nuggets of the four finalists have won more regular season games, and they've won one more. The Heat have won more than the Lakers or the Celtics since then, but only the Heat get called bubble frauds. But I thought it might be fun here to take a look at this team as compared to 2020, first on the court, but then also off the court. Is this team better? Is this team more fun? So I'll start here with you, Greg. Um, Is this team better than the 2020 team?
2: Yes, they because they're deeper. Um, I think that we forget, if you go back to those box scores of the NBA finals, as fun as that was, and Jimmy going toe-to-toe with LeBron James will be in heat allure forever, um, they were playing like six and a half, seven guys. And um, just knowing that the team has a lot more options now, I just think it's a different vibe there. So to me, it's a much deeper team. It's a much more well-balanced team. And it's one that I think, is built to maximize Jimmy and Bam in a way that I think Spolstra kind of learned that this was the, the build on the fly when he acquired Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala. And then now, so... He got to take those learnings and implement it into a roster building activity when he got PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry and kind of switch kind of, you know, the, the, some of the faces around the team. So to me, it's absolutely 100% without a doubt, a better team. Will it go as far? That's another question.
1: Alana uh, Goran obviously is the guy who's gone. And uh, although he's still in everybody's hearts and probably, and still in the practice facility at times, although not in the building with Toronto yesterday, Uh, But, you know, that team, again, they caught fire in the bubble, but they were playing really well prior to like the three weeks of the you know, and then the covid shutdown Uh, the three weeks before the covid shutdown. They didn't play particularly well. Then they were three and five. And then they again, they caught fire. They caught some good matchups. And I I hate the narrative that, you know, they 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 were that it was unfair that they outperformed in the bubble when you're talking about the reason that they outperformed in the bubble was they have good coaching. They had disciplined players uh, <laughs> and they were focused. I don't know why that's being held against them, but when you just look at that team versus this team, what sticks out to you?
0: To me, it's all about identity. Um, I loved that team. And obviously I am a huge Goron fan. I also was gutted when we lost Jay. Um, but to me, this team knows who they are a lot more. And it's not to say that that team didn't have kind of glimpses of what the overall Miami Heat basketball experience should be like and obviously they thrive in the bubble for a reason but this team is so just like they they click on all cylinders both on and off the court. I think the kind of identity that they've taken on with, you know, playing in the kennel and that they're dogs that to me is making them successful and it's every last guy. It's not just Jimmy, it's not just Kyle, it's not Bam being a little bit more aggressive. It's each and every player, even guys who are hurt You know, Keefe hasn't played in however many games you can feel that off the bench. Same with Depot, who's there night in and night out. Uh, So that to me, them knowing who they are, I think is a huge
1: plus. And and we talk about Jay. uh, So let's break it down here a little bit because and let's go player by player to a certain degree. Are we all in agreement that P.J. Tucker has been an upgrade over Jay Crowder or do we need to see more?
2: Oh my gosh, Look, can we move on to the next one?
0: <laughs> yeah, you started what? with the easiest one. That's a I no love right Jay now. Crowder
2: and 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 he was like that that was I think very informative to spo to go get what has been an absolutely even more perfect fit next to Bam and that's PJ
1: Tucker. Next. Okay. I mean, do you want to add anything Alana?
0: No. I mean, I've said it from the start. I love PJ. I loved that signing. People thought I was crazy for saying that he was going to make the kind of impact that he's making. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Jay I wish him the best in Phoenix but yeah total upgrade
1: all right uh, point guard situation here Uh, Kyle Lowry Goran Dragic I know this is going to be painful Alana but
0: I mean listen I love Goran but Kyle brings something to this specific roster I think more than anything else that was really needed Um, you know people when he came were talking about the fact that he was going to help Jimmy out, obviously, on the floor, but I think it's more so that he's helping Jimmy out with the other guys, making Bam more aggressive, teaching the younger guys how to be a little bit stronger uh, on their feet. So, yeah, I mean, and again, I've talked about this with Michael on Feel the Heat. I love Kyle's personality. I know people think that he should mm. shut up or he needs to stop being so despondent all the time. I love it. So I love Goron, but yeah, for this specific roster, Kyle is an upgrade. You, you
2: right? know what's fun. It's funny, like if you look back at the playoff run, uh, Jimmy led the team with six assists per game. And just seeing Kyle transform uh, the offense the the way that he has, like, I think there's just a difference between Goron throughout that entire season. And there is there, there was a difference in bubble Goran and and he didn't bring the assist. But that 19 points per game that he brought throughout the playoffs, um, although the team needed that at the time, there's this mix of. Tyler hero getting more of the scoring responsibility right at the right moment when Kyle Lowry can kind of focus on distributing and, and lifting some of these younger players up. I just think it's like a a really nice blend and one that I think is more fit around Jimmy and bam. So like Mm -hmm. to me that as much as I love Goran and I think his number should be in the rafters, although that's an interesting scenario. Now that Kyle also wears that number seven um, it, we
1: have to say it's an upgrade, right? I mean, yes, I think what the thing about Goron in the bubble was he gave them exactly what it was that they needed. Right. Like there was a void on this team for a guy who can just go get buckets like because Hero Hero was doing it, but he was a rookie and he was inconsistent at it. And Jimmy, it's not really what he primarily wants to do. And then, bam, although he was more aggressive than he was last year in the playoffs. Uh, it, it wasn't his primary function either. So it kind of I, I think what Goran did more than anything else in the bubble, other than be Jimmy's best friend, which I think helped them get through the bubble, uh, that relationship and Goran's leadership, I think, was critical there was it was just like he did the thing that the others really are not inclined to do first. And, and I don't know that they get to the finals without him. We'll never know if they would have won a championship if he'd been healthy, unfortunately. Um, but. Uh, I think overall, I think we can all agree that what we saw last year, and again, it's hard to I don't really want to mix in the 2021 campaign as much, but is that Goran was a liability on one end and Kyle Lowry is not. And that ability now to not have to play more than one poor defender at a time makes this team uh, better, I would think. All right, so let, let's go to some of the existing players, okay? Is Bam, in your view, better than he was in 2020, Alana?
0: Yes, but I also don't feel like I've seen enough from Bam yet to kind of make that. a dis- I don't want to say that he overall is going to be better than he was back then, because I don't think I have enough of a sample size. Um, I do think, though, that like I had said, Kyle being here really has helped Um, I think he's more aggressive. I think he looks at himself as more of the guy that he needs to be. I think before, you know, he wanted, he was stepping up, but he wasn't doing it in a bold enough way, I think, for what the team needed. And I think right now he sees himself in a different way. I also think the gold medal helped that Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, So I think just in the succession of things, yeah, he is more of the guy we need him to be. Um, But I think something you said earlier kind of hits it on the head for all of these comparisons the team that was built before is so different than the, than the team that was built now that you can say everyone is an upgrade because this team is built perfectly around one another. I don't really see a single guy that really stands out. Duncan, I have a little bit of an issue with, which we may get into or might not um, in terms of kind of, I don't, he might be the outlier with his personality, uh, not necessarily fitting into like the grittiness of the rest of the team. But I think the reason all these guys are upgrades is less. So, you know, the X's and O's necessarily, and more just fitting into a group.
1: Greg, what do you think, bam?
2: So bam in the bubble was essentially like 18 and 10, four and a half assists, 56% field goal shooting on 11 attempts, 12 attempts. He's essentially, that's what he's averaging this year, maybe on a little worse efficiency, but he's getting a little more usage. So for me, like the the bam in the bubble was good enough to get to the NBA finals mm-hmm. and was good enough to take over in Eastern conference finals. So to me, seeing that from him as his averages in a season where I think, There is a faction of the fan base that maybe even expected more from him, which I think maybe our expectations are getting through the roof. And sorry if I'm the one who's led that by calling him no ceiling. He really (laughs) does have no ceiling, but I think we should give the guy at least um, some time to uh, explore how high the ceiling is. And so if he's averaging what he did in the bubble when they made that run, I think he's better today than he was then. Um, but we obviously need to see it throughout the playoffs because I'm referencing a finals run statistics, and we're talking regular season. Jimmy, better, same, worse, Greg? We are witnessing Jimmy Butler at the height of his powers, 100%. Now, what's crazy about that is that he was so damn good in that run, and I don't know that he'll ever go toe-to-toe in a sheer statistical, like if you're just looking at points, rebounds, and assists to LeBron James because this team is built differently. But if you're telling me that this isn't the same guy who can go and do that, he's, he's at the height of his powers. I say that that is um, at least a wash. If not, you have Jimmy at his absolute best right now,
1: right? Am I crazy? Well, I think when you look at the finals, um, people are going to say that was a moment in time that is going to be almost impossible to replicate because it was it was the circumstances, right? Yeah. We have seen him miss a lot of time in the last two years with injuries. I, I think that would be the one concern. I think when Jimmy plays and Jimmy is focused and the way that Jimmy is able to hunt mismatches now and, and able to slow the game down. Uh, and I don't think the officiating, the changes in the officiating have really affected him like they've affected other guys. I think you can make the argument that you're making Greg. I don't necessarily think that means we're ever going to see again what we saw against LeBron and he's going to be measured against that uh, in part. He's going to be measured against that more than he's going to be measured against what happened in the playoffs last year when he was outscored by Brent Forbes, right? Like people are going to, if they, if they make a deep playoff run, it's going to be okay. Can he still be playoff Jimmy? I I still, I believe that last year was a product of basically just fatigue, mental fatigue, emotional fatigue, uh, physical fatigue. So I do think that we're going to see a really good Jimmy in the postseason, especially against certain opponents. But also a lot of teams have kind of figured some things out with him a little bit. Playing him with length uh, and size has given him some problems. And we may see that Milwaukee do that again. They guarded him differently this year. So I'll just say, are you expecting a Jimmy in the playoffs that can be as good as the Jimmy we saw in the playoffs two years ago?
0: For me, it all comes down to health. Uh, And I have been criticized for saying this lately, even though I've thought it for a while, I just haven't really spoken on it. Um, His injuries concern me. And I think Michael actually brought this up. It's not so much that he's unable to stay healthy like day to day, but it's the way he plays. He gives it his all, which is what we love from him, but it doesn't really help when he, I mean, I think the last game he fell on that tailbone again. And I gasped because I was like, are you serious? Is this going to be number three? Um, So if he can stay healthy, yes. I think that we can see a similar Jimmy. uh, And I think the last few games have proved that he is getting his aggression back. I'm just concerned that he's going to keep giving it his all ramping up even to the playoffs. And by that point, he's not going to be able to stay as physically fit or as healthy as he needs to. Um, and I don't like saying this cause people are going to come after me, but it's just for him, injuries are becoming a
1: problem. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think it sounds I think like we're true. talking about Dwayne, right? I, well, right. I mean, I, and, and I think that's the case now, the difference is that Dwayne, um relied on athleticism a lot more than Jimmy did at least until the end uh and and so I think that you know with Dwayne it was the availability was a real problem because he couldn't do certain things that he used to do and, and you know with all the stuff about Dwayne and turning 40 and and greatness and all that people forget to a certain degree what those couple of seasons were like with the big three where he didn't know if he was going to play from night to night even in a playoff game and that frustrated lebron that was one of the reasons lebron left not the primary reason but it was one of the reasons lebron left i don't think we're at this stage with jimmy i feel like jimmy has taken some extra days this year again because he came back a little bit too soon with the tailbone thing the first time i don't think it's going to significantly diminish uh his level of play uh the ankle as we go forward at least this year but it's something i I agree with alana in the sense that it's uh it's something to monitor all right we're going to get to a couple more players and then i want to get to some fun stuff uh with alana and greg here before we do i want to talk about another sponsor the five reason sports network or a couple of them a couple of them it's the same code for both of these it's five rsn five rsn if you're an endurance athlete we have a new sponsor it's called salis you can find it at get that's g-e-t-s-a-l-i-s dot com uh, this is where you go if you want to replenish your electrolytes Naturally, okay, not with the artificial flavors, the artificial colors, not by chugging a big thing of Gatorade. This is how you do this thing naturally. You go to get use the code 5rsn, that's the number 5 RSN, and you'll get 10% off. So give it a shot. And for your premium CBD, you need help sleeping, like me, or you need to recover from stuff like me. Uh, go to therapistpreferred.com, use the code 5RSN. You can get the gummies, the tincture. Uh, the sports cream, and you'll get 25% off. That's the best offer that they give to anybody. They do it here at Five Reasons. So go to 5RSN, use the code over at Therapist Preferred, and at GetSelise, uh, both of them, of course, on the old World Wide Web. All let right, right, let's, uh, let's get to a couple of other people here because the Heat would not have gotten to the finals without the shooting of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. It feels like one is better. And one is worse, at least the way that they're playing right now. Is this a push in terms of the Tyler and the Duncan you're getting now? Or the fact that Tyler has expanded his games in other ways kind of overrides that?
2: Thank you. The latter. Tyler has been so much better than he was in the bubble that it to me, it offsets what you're not getting from Duncan. And this is like we started this show. And one of the first things I said, I think I said at this point, I can't remember what the hell I say is that this is one of the deepest teams, or you, you led with it mm-hmm. with the tweet about mm-hmm. this being the deepest team. That's why this is not um, a situation where they merely offset each other. Duncan's poor play offsets Tyler. They have so many other options that have been able to fill in for Duncan that Tyler's play is really incremental to what you got from Tyler in the bubble. So to me, like... He's taking on more responsibility, leading the team in field goal attempts, and uh, and he's showing up, and they are within striking distance of a one seed. Like There will be nobody pounding the table for Tyler Hero to play in the All-Star game than I if the Miami Heat are in the one seed when voting concludes. That one seed needs two All-Stars, and it better be Jimmy and Tyler, and I just don't know that we could have said that about Tyler back then, and that's a huge leap to me. What
1: do you think, Alana?
0: Yeah, I mean, Tyler looks great, uh, and I'm super happy for him, but also we have to keep in mind that he got older, and I think that people put way too much pressure on him at that age. Um, I think, obviously, it was somewhat kind of – it exploded because of how he looked in the bubble, but that next year and all that criticism – To me, it just wasn't warranted. I think it was people's own expectations that got in the way. It's not to say that he had a great season. I just don't think he had as bad of one as people made it seem. Um, But if you're comparing him to Duncan, I hate to say this. I'm over Duncan at this point. I really tried. And I feel like week after week, I said, we're going to give it more time. And he's going to get it back. And it's a shooting slump. But regardless of what is up with him, if it's just this new team and him trying to find his kind of role in it, Or if it is mental, or I don't know if it's a mechanical issue with the shot. I just, at this point, how much longer can we really wait? Um, And to me, it has nothing to do with Tyler playing really well. It's just in a vacuum. Duncan doesn't look good. Doesn't look like the Duncan that was, and doesn't look like the Duncan we need. Um, So I don't know. I mean, hats off to Tyler, but... I don't know what's going on with Duncan and I don't really know what else to say.
1: So we want we want to call that a push, basically. I mean, I, I know Greg, you're not, but but I feel yeah, like no,
2: I get it. I get I mean, cause, it. Because
1: Duncan was really important. I mean, I, I under, you no, know, I, I understand that he, he couldn't he shot, play down the stretch, but he, he he mattered during that run.
2: 397 was his percentage on seven attempts. And another thing that I think is just worth calling out is that he was. Uh, fifth on the team in minutes. So they really relied on him. He played Mm -hmm. more minutes than Dragic and, and, and obviously Dragic missed some time, but he played just as many minutes as Jay Crowder throughout that run. So that's how much they relied on Duncan Robinson. So yeah, let's call it a push.
1: All right. We'll call that a push. All right. So let's get to the bench then, because we've talked about bam. We've talked about the starting power forward. We've talked about Jimmy. We've talked about Tyler. We've talked about Dragic. Versus Lowry, to me, this is the huge advantage of this team, and this is not the, the what we anticipated, but they had guys in the bubble that were just unplayable at that stage. I mean, Myers Leonard... Before the whole incident, he was an important player for the first half of the season, but when he got injured and he came back, he couldn't find it anymore. They didn't really have a role for him anymore. Uh, Kelly Olenek had moments, uh, as he did throughout his Heat tenure, but he was not consistently playable, um, even though it was good during the regular season. Derek Jones Jr. was was not usable by, by Eric uh, during long stretches of the bubble. It was like defensive replacement for zone, and that was pretty much it. And then Kendrick Nunn, who was going through some personal stuff at that time, which didn't really get out, We kind of kept that in-house, but also coming back from COVID uh, lost his confidence, lost his starting role uh, and really didn't get better until sort of halfway through the next season that he was a contributor anymore. Compare it to this, <laughs> compare it to Struess, to Martin, to uh, Martin, who seems to be a better DJJ in terms of how much you can trust him. Uh, and then Dedman, they didn't really have a backup for Bam at that stage. It was Kelly that they had to go to is not really a center. And you're maybe more play. I, I, I think it may be too much to say put you ahead of a Linux at this point, but certainly he's shown flashes. Uh, this is not really even, and Gabe, I, honestly, uh, in terms of having another point guard uh, that you trust now, I think more certainly defensively than you do none. A lot of this seems like a mismatch,
0: yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any comparison. Um, and I think that you hit the nail on the head, it's consistency. Um, I think that with some guys, you can say they're more talented, but I think overall, it's not only that. It's the fact that they show up night in and night out. Um, Yeah, Sears isn't going to shoot as well from night to night, but he's going to give you enough. Uh, Caleb has been outstanding. I think even Gabe surpassed anyone's expectations. Um, and what's interesting with him, I think, too, is that I think his expectations got raised a little bit because he came out of the Olympics. Then all of a sudden, everyone didn't believe in him again. And now mm-hmm. he's kind of back up, you know, on the top of everyone's ooing and ahing. Um, And so to me, it's consistency. But again, it, it just keeps going back to a unit. All these guys fit perfectly together. The, the bench, the second unit together, but even dispersed amongst the starters they're all kind of cut from the same cloth, um, so yeah. I mean, I our, our depth is way, way surpassed what it used to be. The,
2: this is crazy, and Alana hit the nail on the head. It, it's you look at the so Andre Guadalla played 410 total playoff minutes. Mm. The next highest was Kelly olinick at 258. So that's how much less Spo was trusting guys, um, and. Iguadala was seventh on the team in minutes. So then Olenek none played 239. Derrick Jones Jr., 97 minutes. Solomon Hill, 42 minutes. And Myers Leonard, 31 minutes. You had a situation in the bubble in 2020 where the reason why Spo went to such a short rotation is because he didn't have a lot of guys he can trust. And I think Mm. that the difference will be come this playoffs. He may have to shorten his rotation, but it's not because he doesn't trust guys. It's because he has a lot harder decisions to make, options to go to. And I think that that is a unique weapon where Spolstra is going to be able to pull out really functional players that teams maybe haven't seen for half a series. And then all of a sudden they get inserted into a series. What does that do? I'm interested to see that because we haven't always had that kind of depth
1: on these Eric Spolstra coach teams. And and I think what this shows is that for all the criticism of the Heat for letting certain guys go and for decisions that were made last offseason, not this most recent one, but the one before – that they got it right uh, on a lot of them, like Derek Jones Jr. was not worth paying. Uh, You know, that was I mean, that sort of played out in the bubble. Kendrick Nunn. I mean, he hasn't played for the Lakers yet, right? Like, I mean, there was criticism of that this offseason, including by us. Why would you not just pay him the five million to come back? Well, Gabe gives them more of what they actually need as a defender than Nunn does. And this also, as it was put to me at the time, it cleared the path for hero not to have to kind of share snaps uh, with and shots with none coming off the bench, right? So that proved to be a good decision. Uh, Kelly Olenek, uh flipping him for, uh, for Oladipo. We haven't really seen the fruits of that completely yet, but we might. And Kelly has played well in Detroit when he's played, but they have better options, uh, I think, up front now than they did at that time, better playoff options. So and then the Jay Crowder thing even, I mean, they've essentially replaced Jay Crowder for for half the money uh, with P.J. Tucker, and we all agree that he's outplayed them. So, again, Mo Harkless last year didn't work out. Avery Bradley didn't work out, and and we can criticize them for choices they made or didn't make or whatever. But it does seem like they learned lessons from the bubble. That run actually helped them make better decisions, and they did. All right, we're going to get to the fun part of this now and, and kind of compare the two teams from an off the court perspective. But before we do, Greg's appearances here are sponsored by our friends over at Water Cleanup of Florida. You can find Water Cleanup of Florida in Boca Raton, but they service the entire area. If you're a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim, you're dealing with water, mold, or fire damage, you got to find a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor That is Water Cleanup of Florida. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress that an unexpected disaster may cause. They got more than 60 years of combined experience. Michael, Robert, and the team reach out to Michael over at his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. Again, it's 954-579-0356. He can make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle free for you. And Greg knows the line here. When you got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right. So let's get to the guts part of this episode here, which I know is what Alana was looking for. Again, you can find Alana on Feel the Heat, and her appearances here are sponsored by Mark Brown, PA.com. That team was fun. I mean, they didn't win a championship, but you know, big face coffee was born, Braté, I never pronounced that correctly either uh, between between Gorod and Jimmy. It was fun. I mean, that, that Bam kind of his personality started to come out a little bit with that group. Tyler Hero and the Snarl uh, and and his personality came out with that group. Uh, Jay kind of, you know, had a little bit of that dog in him and the cap, capital letters on Twitter and everything. Like it would be revisionist history now to say that that team was not fun. But this team feels like more fun because that felt like it was just Jimmy giving Dragic a hard time in that friendly thing. Now it's Jimmy giving everybody a hard time, uh, you know, in, in, you know, whether it's Shrews and the middle fingers or the comment the other night that he made to Brady or maybe the one to Duncan that maybe didn't go over so well, or even last night, him saying at the press conference that guys in the team were texting Bam and him back and saying, we don't really need you anymore. Uh, it just feels like there is a really good vibe around this team. And the other thing is they're playing in front of fans the whole season. And that I'll always it always be regrettable. I got to see him live up there, of course, lose twice. And everybody told me to go home. Uh, But it will always be regrettable that the fans didn't get to enjoy the end of that process. They saw the team until March, but then not after. So everybody gets to, as Spolcher says, share in this team's success. Is, Is this more fun to both of you? Um,
0: I don't know if I find it more fun, but I relate to this team more, if that makes any sense. Like they, their grit and their dog attitudes and just, they really, they don't care what anyone thinks. Uh, And I love that about them. Um, I think that, you know, like I've been saying, they all just fit really well together and you can tell that they're friends off the court, which I don't think people understand how important that is, because when you're not vibing off the court, good luck on your chemistry on the court. Um, so I don't know, to me, it's not, I don't know if I'd use the word fun. Cause it's not, I feel like there was almost like a practical joke manner about them in the bubble. Um, and it wasn't just between them, but with other teams, I think like Jason Tatum was involved a little bit, stuff like that. Um, even Donovan Mitchell, but like there's, there is an attitude about them that they, every room they enter, they know that they're going to capture the attention of everyone. Uh, And I think that playing in front of fans definitely helps that. I think the fans have really bought in to not just the overall heat culture, but this new era of heat basketball. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I love this team personally, and I loved the team back in the bubble, but this is much more my speed.
2: Yeah, I mean, that team was fun, but it was fun because they were kind of like the little engine that could that we didn't expect to get as far as they got. This is more of like, okay, we we might have a freight train on our hands, folks. Mm. And like 14-5 and five at home, last I checked, that's the best home record in the Eastern Conference. So if you want the Eastern Conference to come through Miami with fans and we want to prove this bubble fraud theory <laughs> out, let the Eastern Conference come through uh, that arena because as much as fans do sometimes arrive late, they do get locked in for the playoffs. The, the Heat fan has um, – gotten a bad rap not only for when they show up but also for how articulate they've become and how connected to the game that they are they care about this kind of stuff they really get behind good teams and to me like this is i said this before and the reason why this team is more fun for me is that it looks more natural and organic Mm. and i mean frankly i haven't been this confident in a team since the big three era so that makes it more fun
1: yeah, I'm with you on both of that. Uh, uh but I'm with both of you on this. I I think that the, again that bubble team part of the reason that we bought into it is so much fun. And again, I don't want to diminish it is that we needed fun, right? Like that was the beginning of COVID, like this long nightmare. And at that point, people weren't really leaving the house in most places. Well, Florida they were because DeSantis, but I mean everywhere else, they really weren't leaving the house, right? And so I, I think that it, it, it gave everybody a reason uh, to be at night like, OK, we can gather around and watch this team and they're going to make a run. And I, I remember uh, the even the early bubble games, just the team being back and the excitement about that. You didn't, hadn't had not have basketball for that long. But there is something different when the fans can maybe not reach out and touch the players, but they can see them. They're, they're present. Uh, and you just you couldn't do that there. You couldn't do that with all of that. And so it was all the social media stuff. And I give the heat a lot of credit for that because they have an exceptional social media team and they brought people into the bubble. They, they made them feel the big face coffee stuff and, and everything else. Uh, but with this, it's not as necessary. I mean, you're getting the post-game interviews, you're getting, uh, you know, them reacting to the fans. I mean, even last night, the PJ Tucker shot and his reaction to the shot, to the fans before he realized he's PJ Tucker and he can't show emotion. And so basically he sort of clammed back up on the walk back. Like, I I feel like we're, we're headed for a really, uh, fun finish, but I also think because people didn't believe in the bubble team and because the heat flamed out in four games against Milwaukee last year, the heat are really not playing with the pressure of expectations nationally. They may be locally with us because we think this team's really good, but they're not nationally. Like nationally, nobody respects this team. I mean, they just don't. I mean, Alfredo, our guy, our host of three yards per carry, who also happens to be a big heat fan. uh, He was watching and he said ESPN named five potential contenders in the Eastern conference and the heat were not one of them. And Washington was so, if that's the case, then I think this team can continue to play free uh, and fun. And, and I, I give them credit for building this chemistry and camaraderie when guys have been in and out and they've made everybody feel part of it. Um, and uh, it's it's been a pretty cool things to watch. So ultimately winning determines this. But I'm with both of you. I think this has a chance to be uh, maybe even more fun. I, I think it will be more fun than the bubble run. All right. Thanks to Alana. Thanks to Greg. You can follow Alana over at Feel the Heat, of course, with her co-host. Am I allowed to mention his name? Can I give him publicity? Is that okay?
0: Absolutely. Always.
1: I think his name is Fred. Um, No, it's Michael. It's Michael. It's Michael Christian. You can you can check check him out at Michael 5RSN. I give him credit. He's the only person who has 5RSN in his his Twitter handle. I should be promoting him more often since he's promoting us. Uh, We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, Brady and no, sorry. Alex and Alejandro will be at the game. Uh, Greg and I will be on the pod. The Heat play Portland. Check out our recent episodes, including our sit down with Caleb Martin. Have a great day. Great night. That's it. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on
2: the five regional
0: sports network. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app.